Hello, and welcome to another episode of Buzz and Biz, the Success Podcast. My name's Steve Markey, your host. Today, from Australia, we have Clinton Birdshaw from Black Tattoo. And without further ado, I will turn it over to Clinton. Clinton, thank you for joining. Can you start us off with the intro and background? Yeah, hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for uh, letting me on your podcast. Um, my background is... Um, I've spent uh, 20 years in the Australian Air Force, only just discharged uh, about a bit under a year ago. And uh, I was in the uh, communications area, so I specialised in IT and uh, many other different forms of uh, communications. But um, about five years ago, I got interested in um, doing drones. And uh, not so much camera in the sky type drones, but more uh, what drones can do for you. Um, so I wanted, I basically wanted drones to bring things to me or robots to bring things to me. And that's something that I've uh, always had an interest in since I was young. I remember uh, watching a kid's uh, TV show or game show. And uh, on that was a little robot like mascot type thing. And he had two arms that would stick out. And I always imagined that robot bringing me drinks and stuff when I was, when I was a young kid. And I thought that'd be fantastic to have one of them. Of course, uh, I never knew where to get one or how I had the money to get one. But that's always sort of stuck with me. Like, how can we get robots to sort of do things for us? And uh, as I saw what, um, uh, like the, the 3DR, back in the day when they were still going. Uh, as I saw that sort of maturing and what uh, you could do, you could buy the parts to a drone, build it, and then you could, you, I could sort of start to realize my dream of having robots do stuff. Um, uh, so I sort of, um, pretty soon after that, Jeff Bezos was talking about how he's gonna have drones to deliver things. And I started thinking about like, how is that whole process going to sort of play out like from putting the package onto the drone and then um how how is it going to end up in your hands like the each step and uh i, I couldn't really uh visualize how exactly that was going to work with just the drone itself and i thought oh you know the big guys they'll come up with something um eventually and i'll just keep in touch and like you know because i've got an interest in it um, so that's, that's, that's where the whole idea sort of blossomed from. Um, there's a whole lot more, like a lot's happened since then, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's the origin story. Great. And thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I never quite know what to say when people say that. It's not a common thing in Australia for people to say that, but I know, uh, in America, you guys are really, uh, uh, like into that. No worries, no worries. So, <laughs> didn't mean to put you on the spot, Chief. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> so moving forward, the drones, robots, the, the technology, the, the devil's in the details. And uh, in essence, it, it sounds like with Black Tattoo and, and your experience in the service, how did you find out more about the technology? Was it a lot of online research? Did you wind up going hands-on? And, and for those who may be interested in drones and drone technology and, and the delivery services, 
what advice can you give to them uh, about how to learn more or how to potentially get started in being hands-on with the technology or just understanding more of it? Yeah, well, um, that's a really good question because I kind of cheated a little bit in that. Um, I was, when, when uh, I think it was 2012, when Jeff Bezos first said um, that he was going to bring drone delivery and then 3DR was starting to become a thing and all that, I was uh, actually deployed with American forces over to the Middle East. And I had uh, a guy, another Australian that I was deployed with, and uh, he's a really smart guy. And I thought, how can I, how can I leverage this guy, like smartness? So I sort of, I deliberately, um, in a very sort of slight way, um, got him interested in drones because I didn't know where to start. Like it's, it's pretty, uh, like back, especially back in 2012, like there wasn't the same community, same information, same resources that you have now. So it's, it's very much like you had to have sort of a technical degree to. Um, to know where to start. So I thought this guy's smart, get him into drones, he can do the research for me. And that's exactly what he did. So um, he ended up um, with my help, figuring out like sort of how to get started, what to order. He knew how to solder. So he taught me how to solder. Um, and we, while we were on the base, um, we built our own drones and began flying them. And I remember one day in particular, like our first day we took them flying, like we did, we, <clears throat> excuse me, we didn't know what we were doing or where we could go on the base. So we went to the sort of the most remote corner of the base, but in that corner were the Patriot missiles that defended the base. And we, I remember being scared that like we were going to get detected as like some kind of foreign flying object and get shot down by a Patriot missile. But uh, no, it was smarter than that. They didn't shoot us down. So, uh, that's how I got started. I, I uh, leveraged someone smarter than me to sort of do the research themselves. And I've done pretty much that now that I think about it ever since. I've leveraged people that are smarter than me to do the research or point me in the direction that I need to go. Great. Yes, it, it takes a village to use another phrase or term used a lot, right? Yeah. <clears throat> At least in the States. <laughs> Great. Speaking of which, needing a, a village and all, can you tell us about your company, Black Tattoo, and, and where you are with uh, your services and, and your team and, and how transitioning into the private sector in, in Australia, how, how that's been for you? Yeah, well, I might be able to... Um... Our company is very small. Um, it's only me. Uh, we've got a pilot and a full-time engineer. And the problem that we're facing, like sort of on the surface, when you look at this company, you think, oh yeah, this, this could definitely be a thing. Like why isn't it moving faster? But what we're actually doing is building something that's never existed before. So we're coming across a lot of problems with, that you'd never expect to sort of see um that that only come become evident when you start actually trying to build it um so um what i originally did and i, I might i might tell the full story if that's okay but um sure. yeah go ahead back back when um i'd sort of 
built my first drone and I thought, how can I make this work for me? And my deployment had finished. So that really smart guy wasn't around anymore. I sort of took a pause and I was just keeping an eye on um, like what the big guys were going to do, like how they were going to solve this getting parcels to people that don't have backyards where the drone can land. So I subscribed to a lot of um, like, um, uh, not podcasts, but um, newsletters that come out like daily emails, like so I could keep abreast of all the stuff that was changing. And as I um, was reading all this stuff, I noticed that there was this competition called the Drones for Good competition run by the UAE government. I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, they were offering a million dollars to anyone who could come up with a good idea for drones that were not in the military context. So I thought, no one else has come up with this idea of mine to have drones like land in, like deliver to a house that doesn't have a, like a large landing area. Why don't I try and enter the competition? So first I went and found an engineer, once again, leveraging people that are smarter than me. And I said, this is what I want to achieve. How do I achieve it? And he said, uh, well, this is how I would do it if I wanted to do it. So I go, great, that sounds feasible. Um, and I went ahead and entered the competition and, and the, the barrier to entry for the competition was just simply making a video. So I went and found someone on the internet that could make a new video, like 3D animation, you, you may have seen it. We called our company, uh, we called the, I called the uh, company Skynet back then. I thought that was a pretty cool name. Um, I've thought again about it since. <laughs> um, and uh, entered the competition and about uh, two, three weeks later, they came back and they go, yep, you're in. But the, the thing I had to do was arrive in UAE uh, about five months later with a working prototype. And bear in mind, all I've got is an idea and a video at this stage. So I went back to the engineer and I said, like, we're in the competition. Can you build this? And he goes, oh, I'm not sure. So I said, well, you've got five months to figure it out. So anyway, six, uh, six engineers later and five months later, we uh, built a prototype that was very sketchy. Like it sort of, it didn't look like it was working most of the time. Half the time it wouldn't work at all. Um, and uh, to be honest, it didn't actually work. Well, I didn't actually see it working until the day before the competition when we were in Dubai and we were out in the desert trying to get this drone to deliver into the net. Uh, we ended up coming fourth in the world um, beating teams from MIT and Singapore University. And, uh, and I've just been trying to develop the, the concept ever since. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. So with that said, I believe you're touched upon fundraising and, and or the ability to help finance this <clears throat> startup, this idea of yours. Can you expand upon your experience to the audience about leveraging funds for this dream, this, this concept? Yep, yep. Um, so um, I was very new to the idea of VCs, accelerators, all that type of stuff. And uh, so I just, uh, I, basically learn everything I know about that from online. And these days it's very easy to figure out um, sort of uh, that sort of area because there's so many VCs and 
ever since that movie, The Social Network, a lot of people want to start their own businesses, especially online businesses. So there's a, there's a hell of a lot of um, resources online about that. And uh, I sort of went down the path of trying to join an accelerator. So I ended up joining, uh, got accepted into Accelerator and uh, for three months and $20,000, they took me under their wing. Uh, sorry, they gave me $20,000 and sort of taught me every, all the basics that you need to know to start, start a, a, a company. Now, having said that, uh, because of all the research I'd done, I had already a lot of the knowledge that they were passing on to me anyway. So uh, I, I don't know whether like an accelerator would be for everyone, especially if you've sort of got a lot of, um, a lot of ambition to go and research this stuff yourself. If, if you want to be shown what to do, an accelerator would be great for you. Now, the next logical step after an accelerator is to get um, sort of further funding. Uh, and that's sort of where I'm at now. I need to... Um, engage with VCs or angels and um, sort of convince them of the worthiness of my product. Now, the best way to convince someone of the worthiness is to have customers or have recurring revenue. Because from their point of view, they want to see something, the, the surer bet that you can be, the more confident they are at giving you money. So I thought, how's the best way that I can show that I'm a sure bet? is to get customers. What do I need to get customers? I need to have a, a, a MVP or minimum viable product. So that's where um, we're trying to overcome a lot of our obstacles in, in making that a reality now. So originally I just wanted to be the net that people deliver to, but people are not just gonna buy a net or a delivery box if there's no one delivering, no one with delivery drones. So I've got to be that too. So now we've uh, I've gone through several different designs of drones that have different capabilities. And I think we've finally settled upon a type of drone, a VTOL drone that's going to have the distance, like the endurance and the lifting capability to sort of deliver anything meaningful over, over a meaningful distance. And um, we're, trying, we're in the process of making that work now. Well, congrats and good luck. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. With that said, we're talking about drones and the ecosystem. How do you find the drone ecosystem to be with manufacturers? And I know some organizations provide the software, in essence, the enterprise or, or ecosystem management software do you find a, a, a collaborative atmosphere or is it a little cagey or is it somewhere in between no I've, I've um found settling because it's still relatively new the whole drone ecosystem i've found settling on like an operating system has been our, our um, biggest stumbling block right now we're into our third operating system that or flight controller that we're using because uh, uh, we, we tried to go with DJI, but that has limitations. They're locked down a lot like an Apple phone is locked down compared to an Android phone is locked, is, isn't so much locked down. Um, so th in, in that 
area. Like it'd be nice if there was like a common operating system that everyone used. So uh, there was lots of resources that my engineer could sort of just plug and play into what we wanted to do. Um, the really exciting part is drones are now becoming more capable because I don't want to build the drones. I, I, I just want to have a drone that I can plug my tech into and have it do, have it do what I want it to do. Right now, the drones are becoming more capable and battery technology is becoming um, far better that we're able to do the stuff that we want to do. Previously, like five years ago or even less, it was very difficult to find a drone to do what we wanted to do, like deliver over a, a suitable distance with a, with a usable payload. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's getting better every day. Great, great. Well, with that said, I want to offer you one last statement or, or prophecy about drones, post-pandemic life, et cetera, before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Anything you'd uh, like to say? Yeah. I think, uh, like we were talking before you started recording and you said something along the lines of, like, this is the way of the future. Um, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, yeah, we are going to see drones flying around, delivering things and doing tasks that are too dangerous or more convenient to be done by a drone. Like it's, it's inevitable and you can, you can, a lot of people can say, oh, this will never happen because it can't deliver me this or it can't do this. But I like to think of back in the days when cars first started driving around our streets, like there wasn't even streets properly made for cars. So people would go, oh, you know, these cars, are, they're no good. Like our horse is much better. Like we're kind of in those days right now with drones. So look at the evolution of cars and how they've transformed us. I think drones are gonna be exactly the same. Cool, cool. Yeah, cars have made progress over the years, haven't they? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Clinton. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Everyone, this has been Steve Markey, your host of Buzz and Biz, the Success Podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time.